0: Crypto Crooks is sponsored by Chainalysis, the leading blockchain data platform.
1: In February of 2018, a man came to the home minister's office in Gandhinagar, Nagar, the capital of the Indian state of Gujarat, with a nightmarish tale. He had been kidnapped, he claimed, and extorted for an immense ransom, not by thugs or criminals, but by the police. That man was Shailesh Bhatt, a successful property developer in Gujarat. Bhatt claimed that officers of a local police force from Amreli, a district of Gujarat, had captured Bhatt and demanded that he pay them 200 bitcoin then worth around 1.8 million dollars. Bott further claimed that the cops from Umrelli had acted under orders from a shadowy mastermind connected to the most powerful political party in the state. The kidnappers probably never expected Bott to go to the authorities because they knew that Bott himself was a kidnapper and extortionist. The roots of this sordid little affair lead back to BitConnect, a cryptocurrency investment firm that had been launched from Gujarat in 2016. In just two years, by combining multi-level marketing tactics pioneered by Americans and the soaring rhetoric of newfangled blockchain technology, BitConnect spread around the world, raking in a staggering $2.4 billion in investments. About 293,000 of that reportedly came from Shilesh Bot. The problem, of course, was that BitConnect was a fraud. In January of 2018, just weeks before Bot showed up to beg for help against corrupt police, financial authorities around the world had begun issuing cease and desist orders against the purported investment firm claiming that it had filed false documents and hid its real structure and operations. The order sent BitConnect into a rapid collapse, wiping out effectively all of investors' funds. The fallout included not just bots, convoluted kidnapping, but also a suspicious suicide in Australia, a wave of indictments in the United States, and untold suffering among tens of thousands of victims globally. Shailesh Bot by breaking the code of silence among those near the center of the scam, became a loose thread that helped unravel BitConnect's veil of secrecy. Hello, and welcome to Crypto Crooks, a new podcast from Coindesk. I'm David Z. Morris, Coindesk's chief insights columnist. I've been reporting on cryptocurrency since 2013 for news organizations including Fortune, Bitcoin Magazine, Slate, The Atlantic, and Breaker Magazine. I've followed crypto so closely because I believe it will profoundly transform how we live. But I've also watched as the real promise of crypto has been repeatedly threatened by the constant stream of conmen and hucksters who prey on the uninformed, the naive, and the desperate. It remains a lightly regulated and poorly understood sector, which makes it a perfect hunting ground for scammers. A big part of my job here at Coindesk is calling out sketchy projects and outright frauds, and I've seen enough of them over the years to know what they look like. We're launching Crypto Crooks to share historical insights in hopes of protecting crypto investors from getting taken in. Each short season of the show will focus on a different major fraud, crime, or bad idea that fleeced investors and the industry. Because while cryptocurrency is a radical new technology, the fraudsters using it to rope in victims use techniques as old as the financial industry, in some cases, as old as money itself. We're kicking things off with perhaps the most notorious crypto scam of all time. You already know the name. Welcome to Crypto Crooks Season 1, BitConnect. Part 1. Black Money. It all started in Gujarat. Located on India's western edge, Gujarat is one of the country's most heavily industrialized states, and well known for its financial creativity. Shailesh Bhatt's police kidnappers were based in Amreli, a town in central Gujarat. BitConnect was allegedly created by a man named Satish Kumbhani from the small Gujarati village of Himal. Gujarat was also an early seat of power for Narendra Modi, who was chief minister of Gujarat before being elected prime minister of India in 2014. Modi still holds India's top job today. Ironically, Gujarati state police would later claim that Modi's first big anti-corruption initiative helped the BitConnect scam grow. In November of 2016, the newly elected Modi ordered the so-called demonetization of 500 and 1,000 rupee notes, then worth about $7 and $14, respectively. The banknotes would no longer be considered legal tender, and holders who didn't want to lose them were forced to deposit the cash in banks and exchange them for new notes. The goal was to identify and eliminate the proceeds of corruption, so-called black money. It didn't go that well.
0: He literally said, I'm taking away those banknotes to cut black money, to end corruption. And the country just spiraled into chaos immediately.
1: That's Amitaj Singh, a Coindesk regulatory reporter based in India. On the day demonetization suddenly arrived, he was an anchor for TV one of India's most respected news outlets.
0: There were stories of three-day lines, three-day queues. The banking system was just not prepared for it. Now, one of the things you have to remember is that this was a very secret decision. The prime minister had only told a few people. So when this happened, uh, they had to quickly deliver the new notes that would exchange the old notes and give them to the public. But that delivery system took a while. And so there was panic.
1: For Indian capitalists of a certain stripe, the order caused a more personal sort of heartburn. Modi's goal in ordering demonetization was to remove so-called black money, money that had been concealed from the authorities to evade taxes, or that was the proceeds of crime, from the economy. Criminals and tax evaders, Modi reckoned, wouldn't dare exchange their stacks of illicit cash for the new notes because they'd have to reveal where they'd
0: gotten it. So the people that were believed to have hoarded black money and not paid taxes. Well, it's coming from every spectrum. You're talking about politicians, you're talking about businessmen, you're talking about civil servants who have taken money and bribes. Uh, You're talking about anyone and everyone, really.
1: Some holders of black money seem to have simply panicked, literally throwing their fortunes to the wind.
0: I remember the next day or the day after, you know, driving past a, a bridge in New Delhi, and a lot of people were just looking down the bridge. And I stopped to ask what happened. And somebody said, look, and I went there and I could see uh, notes being thrown away there. Uh, so it was basically somebody who had a lot of money, who had hoarded a lot of black money, and had thrown it. But according to the Gujarati State
1: Police investigators who followed up on Shailesh Bot's case, Satish Kumbani had reached out to some of those unfortunate souls to offer another option for protecting their black money putting it in cryptocurrency. And more than just protecting their wealth by putting it in Bitcoin, Kumbani offered them the chance to make it grow, ridiculously fast. Shailesh Bhatt was never charged with trying to evade capital controls or launder money, but it's not much of a stretch to imagine a property developer had some off-the-books revenue that he'd want to hide from the taxman. One small note, as if this wasn't already confusing enough, a different Shailesh Bhatt, also from Gujarat, Has been in the headlines recently after his release from prison after serving 15 years of a controversial sentence. This is a different person.
0: There's something known in India that one needs to understand. It's called Jugard. It's a word which basically says we find a way to get what we want. One has to think about okay, something as catastrophic as demonetization has just happened. What do we do with the money that we have? We have to get it back in the mainstream. Cryptocurrency is a route. It's not out of the realm of possibility. In fact, it's in the realm of probability that they would have done that. And if you tell anyone in India, they'll totally believe it. Because anything is possible. That's the whole meaning of Jugaad. Find a damn way.
1: There has been little investigation of the use of cryptocurrency to hide funds after demonetization. And we now know that, because of its traceability, Bitcoin isn't ideal for that task. But the Gujarat CID were not the only officials to make the claim. An unnamed senior Gujarati official told The Hindu in 2018 that, quote, It's an open secret that people, having a high volume of cash at the time of demonetization, converted their black money into cryptocurrencies with the help of Havala operators, end quote. Havala is an informal money transmission system widespread in the Middle East and South Asia, and it's much harder to trace than Bitcoin. Officials also estimated to the Hindu that approximately 50 billion rupees, then worth about 725 million US dollars, were converted to cryptocurrencies in Gujarat alone. Shaktasin Gohil of the opposition All India Congress Committee Alleged that the BJP was complicit, pointing to huge cash inflows to banks linked to BJP leaders. This would mean Prime Minister Modi's own party was undermining his signature anti corruption policy. There is other evidence for the role of Bitcoin in circumventing Modi's demonetization policy. Within just a few weeks of the demonetization order, Bitcoin on Indian exchanges like ZebPay and CoinSecure was trading at as much as a 25% premium compared to prices around the world, at a time when many crypto exchanges didn't care much about users' real identities. This had its own impacts. Global Bitcoin trading volume surged, and between November 2016 and January 2017, the price of Bitcoin shot from around $730 in US dollars to $1,130 dollars, That jump of more than 50% arguably primed the pump for a crypto bull market that accelerated throughout 2017 and saw Bitcoin peaking at nearly $20,000 per token. But the surging supply of Bitcoin in India seems to have benefited Satish Kumbani most of all. Like Shailesh Bhatt, Kumbani was based in Gujarat. He was also, in a sense, a builder. But if Shailesh Bot was focused on office parks and warehouses, Satish Kumbani claimed to have built something far more exciting, an automated trading algorithm that can make money from the volatility in Bitcoin. Kumbani certainly looks the part of a nerdy blockchain developer. In one of a handful of interviews Kumbani ever gave about BitConnect, he seems physically slight and maybe a little awkward, wearing an ill-fitting suit jacket over a large Nike t-shirt And a huge watch that could be worth 10 bucks as easily as 10,000.
0: The center of this Ponzi scheme was Gujarat, the Indian state most well known for people and a culture of saving money, of being damn good with their money. It's a state that truly thinks about money perhaps more than anything else.
1: Kambani began offering access to his trading bot to outside investors in February of 2016, almost a year before demonetization began. Just loan him some Bitcoin and he'd deliver incredible results. Steady, safe investment returns as high as 40% per month. Of course, this was such an innovation that the trading bot could never be shown to anyone, including investors.
0: So, first question... Will you ever show the trading bot or give screenshots showing it in action? So, do you, uh, first initially,
1: do you ask me... Kumbani's answer is hard to hear, but here's what he says, incomplete sentences and all. Quote, Everybody's waiting to see the trading bot and how it is in action. How we are making the profit from the system. So actually, if the system has some privacy, not to show how the bot is working, last night... We had the meeting with the top promoters around the world, and we have shown the promoters there are some logics working behind the trading bot. But for privacy reasons, we are not revealing everything about our meeting last evening. In other words, if you want to see the trading bot and you're not part of our inner circle, you're out of luck. You just have to trust us. Consistent safe returns that high are completely unheard of in finance, especially in products available to retail depositors. But when demonetization pushed many Indians to buy Bitcoin, some seem to have decided lending their new digital assets to Kambani's investment program was a great idea. That included our kidnapping victim Shailesh Bot, who investigators say deposited funds equivalent to $293,000 into BitConnect. Over the course of 2016 and 2017. For a while, things seemed to be going extremely well for BitConnect and for investors like Bot. Not only were investors being shown huge returns from their Bitcoin loans to the BitConnect trading bot, but the price of BitConnect's own token, BCC, was surging. By October of 2017, thanks to its use of pyramid scheme marketing tactics, BitConnect had reached nearly every corner of the world. 2,000 ecstatic investors flocked to the first BitConnect annual ceremony at the lush and luxurious Royal Cliff Hotel in Pattaya, Thailand. Investors like Carlos Matos of Queens, New York.
0: The world is not anymore the way it used to be. Mm -mm, No, no, no. BitConnect!
1: But within just months, that kind of limitless enthusiasm would run headlong into a brick wall. Though skepticism of BitConnect had been widespread nearly from the beginning, the first truly deadly blow came in January of 2018, when the Texas Securities Commission issued an emergency cease and desist order that BitConnect cease marketing its investment plans in the U.S. state. The Texas order alleged that BitConnect was offering an unlicensed security and pointed out that the company, quote, has disclosed virtually nothing about its principles, financial condition, or strategies for earning profits for investors, including the algorithms behind the trading bot. Of course, there was a very simple explanation for that lack of transparency. There was no trading bot. Each year, Chainalysis, the blockchain data platform, Releases their highly anticipated crypto crime report. Readers gain access to a hundred plus pages of original data, research, and case studies on the industry's most pressing topics, like ransomware, cross-chain bridge hacks, and all the latest in crypto crime trends you should know. Reserve your copy at Chainalysis.com slash cryptocrime. That's Chainalysis.com slash cryptocrime. BitConnect had simply been faking its investors' supposed returns, which they could only view through BitConnect's website. When authorities finally caught on, BitConnect's masterminds made the only logical decision. They ran away. On January 16th, BitConnect posted an update to its website that included the following message. This is to inform all community members that we are closing the BitConnect lending and exchange platform. We are closing the lending operation immediately with the release of all outstanding loans. With release of your entire active loan in the lending wallet, we are transferring all your lending wallet balance to your BitConnect wallet. You are free to withdraw your BitConnect coin currently in wallets that was used for staking as well. We are also closing BCC exchange platform in five days. The update went on to blame threats from regulators and bad press for the shutdown. It concluded with assurances that BitConnect would continue in some form, including through a future exchange platform that would eventually list BitConnect's own token, BCC. Quote, This is not the end of this community, but we are closing some of the services on the website platform and we will continue offering other cryptocurrency services in the future. End quote. The note concluded. Here BitConnect was playing the classics. The assurance of future revitalization is what 19th century American grifters referred to as the blow-off, a way to keep scam victims from complaining too loudly, such as by hinting they might still get their money back. It'll seem familiar to those who have watched the aftermath of some more recent crypto blow-ups. Luna founder Doquan promised that Luna 2 would be much, much better than the version that melted down and took $40 billion with it in April of 2022. BitConnect did do one thing that seems reasonable, even shockingly ethical at first glance. It promised to refund investors' money. But that refund came with a big, huge asterisk. Investors wouldn't be getting back the Bitcoin they had initially lent to Satish Kumbani and his imaginary trading bot. Instead, they'd get their money back in the form of BCC, or BitConnect's native token. Bitcoin was a then-increasingly legitimate digital asset that would as much as triple in value within just three years. BCC, by contrast, had effectively zero utility after the BitConnect lending program closed. The BCC token's price had peaked at more than $450 just two weeks before the Texas order in December of 2018. But the day after the order, the price of the token began to plummet. The day after BitConnect announced it was shuttering... The token lost 90% of its value. Today, the BitConnect token is worth $0. This confusing blur of assets led to another historic moment, a kind of bookend to Carlos Matos' infectious optimism. Listen up. You didn't lose your money. Now, you, you have your technically, you kind of lost your money. We'll get to know that lovable screw-up, Trayvon James, in a future episode. And his stumbling rationalization is actually a decent enough description of what actually happened. Investors might have lost their good money, dollars, yen, or Bitcoin, but they got to keep their BCC. The only problem was that BCC was next to worthless. And those promises of a future trading platform never came to fruition. As it happened, BitConnect's founders were probably a little busy fleeing the authorities. But this exit scam, a sort of con that happens with shocking regularity even now, was always in the cards. BitConnect was, among other things, a classic Ponzi scheme, mathematically doomed to end in catastrophe. The numbers are staggering. In the final accounting, the U.S. Justice Department concluded that about $2.4 billion worth of investors' rupees, pesos, bitcoin, and dollars had been sucked into the black hole of BitConnect. For some, the sting of collapse was much worse. At its peak, BitConnect's token and the balances shown to investors on the lending platform totaled close to $4 billion. That money was never real but the victim sure thought it was. And as we'll see, the consequences were very real indeed. Part 2. No Honor Among Thieves Among the people who kind of lost their money in BitConnect's January 2018 shutdown was our kidnapping victim, Shilesh Bott. Though in a recurring theme in the BitConnect saga, Bot was both a victim and a perpetrator. Bot responded to BitConnect's January 2018 collapse in a perfectly reasonable manner. He gathered nine fellow victims, including one Kirit Palladia, and planned the kidnapping of two BitConnect workers. First, men working for Bot posed as tax officials and kidnapped Piyush Savalia, described by the Times of India as an office boy at BitConnect. Savalia, in turn, led Bot's heavies to Deval Mavani. Who was later revealed to be one of Satish Kambani's main co conspirators. They kidnapped him, too. According to charges filed later, Bot's men held Mavani at gunpoint and forced him to transfer 2,256 Bitcoin and 11,000 Litecoin for a total ransom of more than $19 million to Shilish Bot. Not a bad return on Bot's initial $293,000 investment. Unfortunately, Bots accomplices decided that they wanted a bigger cut. According to lead CID investigator Ashish Bhatia, Bots accomplice Kirit Paladia sought help from his uncle, a former BJP legislator named Nalan Kotadia. It was allegedly through Kotadia's influence that police officers were recruited to kidnap the kidnapper, illegally detaining Shailesh Bhatt and demanding 200 Bitcoin in turn. When the charges against him became public, police said Kotadia absconded rather than face them. Part 3. A Pyramid-Shaped Structure A little over a month later, the fallout from BitConnect continued. In Sydney, Australia, separated from Gujarat by an ocean and most of a continent, John Biggerton couldn't find his wife. Madeline Biggerton was spotted leaving their sprawling home that morning, and had texted John a banal reminder to feed the dog. But by the evening of March 25th, 2018, she still hadn't come home. Her disappearance didn't come entirely out of the blue. John and Madeline Biggerton had been married for nearly 20 years and had two children. Those who knew them described the family as loving. But BitConnect's collapse had made things very difficult in the Biggerton household. John hadn't been foolish enough to buy into the investment scheme. He was in the business of selling, not buying. Bigoton was one of BitConnect's biggest promoters, overseeing the entire Australian arm of the operation. He was even featured on stage at BitConnect's big event in Pattaya, Thailand, as part of the program's inner circle. What I want you to really think about tonight is who you really are, why you're here. John Biggerton is a born salesman. But what he's peddling today are costly lies. Biginton had spent his entire career not in cryptocurrency, but in sales. And that's how BitConnect grew so big, so fast. BitConnect took a page from Amway, Herbalife, and other so-called multi-level marketing companies to incentivize a growing network of professional salespeople, as well as a new generation of online promoters those online promoters would encourage new BitConnect buyers to use their referral code. They'd get a percentage of the sales. They'd also get a percentage of any sales made by other promoters they recruited. Multi-level marketing was pioneered in large part by Amway co-founder Richard M. DeVos, who tapped into mid-century American housewives isolation and marginalization. Amway, for most participants, was less a serious business than a way for them to feel empowered and active. That social element, complete with endless prizes and other positive reinforcement, made participants much less likely to complain when promises of big bucks never quite materialized. To I hope your goes well. This insight helped Amway become a huge business, making the DeVos family extremely wealthy and influential. Richard DeVos's daughter-in-law, Betsy DeVos, would go on to become education secretary in the Trump administration. When MLMs have a real product, like Amway and Herbalife, they're legal in the United States, though studies have shown that the vast majority of MLM participants lose money. But when they don't have a product, or when their product is fraudulent, they're called something else. Pyramid schemes. BitConnect leveraged some of the biggest trends of the emerging cryptosphere to drive its pyramid-shaped growth plan. YouTube had already become the home of a growing number of crypto commentators and influencers, and many of them uncritically hailed BitConnect's huge promised returns, then directed followers to use their affiliate link to join the fun. Those affiliate connections would then funnel money back to the influencers if their followers invested. It seems plausible that many of these online influencers didn't entirely grasp that they were promoting a scam. The FBI, SEC, and other financial authorities questioned or indicted many influencers, including American promoters Trayvon James, Craig Grant, and Glenn Arcaro. But they never went after Carlos Matos, who by all accounts appears to have been just another deceived victim. Matos, standing on the same stage as the people who scammed him, And recording BitConnect's most effective, infectious endorsement is exactly how pyramid schemes are supposed to work. An endless chain of victims ripping each other off and handing the proceeds to the masterminds on top. John Bigotin was one of those masterminds, in charge of all promotion of BitConnect in Australia, with lower-tier promoters taking marching orders from him. Biggiton may have been a big wheel, but like any good pyramid schemer, he still had time for the personal touch, recruiting close friends into BitConnect. That included Steve and Danny Bowe, who handed over $130,000 Australian dollars. After BitConnect imploded, all that was gone. But another friend who had joined in lost much more. Steve, one of your friends invested... And it's correct to say he's no longer with us. That's right. It was a few days after Big Connect went down. uh, He'd uh, committed suicide. Steve and Danny say Biggerton never apologized to them for losing their money. In fact, they say he hasn't spoken to them since. In 2020, Biggerton would be indicted by Australian financial authorities who alleged he had operated as an unregistered investment manager and made false and misleading statements when he pitched BitConnect at seminars around the country, as well as in online videos. But well before all that, at around 11.30 on that March 2018 morning, Madeline left the opulent home she shared with John near Sydney. According to Australia's 7 News, she dropped her youngest daughter off at a friend's home, then texted her husband a banal reminder to feed the dog. What happened next is still a mystery. Her car was found in the parking lot at an ocean overlook called Cornell. Her wedding ring had been placed carefully in the car. The keys had been discarded near a stony cliff that dropped into crashing, rocky surf. She hasn't been seen since. Crypto Crooks is a Coindesk production. It's executive produced by Jared Schwartz, with additional production by Rob Mitchell, Eleanor Paul, Nora Battelle, Jonas Huck, and Moonbeast. Fact-checking is by Amber Von Schassen. Sound design and music by Altus Nomina. The show is written by me, David Z. Morris. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon with another episode.